back with another episode of Straight Blunt Podcast, episode five. Coach PR holding it down. My sister's not here, Nino. I got you, Nino, though. Don't worry about it. I'm taking care of everything right now. I got a, a super duper special friend of mine, Marquan Smith, executive producer. Our father Harlem. <laughs> Our father Harlem, but actor, because I was yeah. going to give you like everything, yeah, yeah. All, your whole rundown. Thank you, brother. You, Appreciate it, you man. Got a whole yep. lot of, you know, um, Titles, bro. I see yeah. you, you know, grind. I personally watched you grind and your start from um, BT. Yep, yep. I mean, I don't know if that was your start, but that's when I saw you start. Yeah. That was like what? And that was over 20 years ago. 20 years, yeah, 20 years yeah, ago. Absolutely. Actually, Luana was the one that introduced us. Luana, Luana Taylor. Yeah, Luana Taylor, because yep. she actually brought Inglewood's finest. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. She moved to New York. And yeah, and then moved back. I'm still mad at her about that. Yeah, yeah. She, she say every leap year she's coming back and she ain't come back she yet. She says that, but yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't do that. Yeah. Shout out to Luana Taylor, yeah. holding it down over there on the west side. But she brought you over and introduced you to teamwork with Shot Money, yep. 50, the whole G unit, and you was one of the first. To actually do a video with uh with fifty at Shaw's basement. Yeah, right in uh he lived in uh Westbury. Westbury, yeah, you're, absolutely. You were one nine, right? Yeah, me and one nine. Yeah, me and my boy one nine. Uh no, it was actually me and Cliff. Cliff, no, no, one nine. We did the uh, the basketball, basketball document. Ball the, 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 control. Yeah, right. ball above all. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, and yeah. born to ball. Though the, the, the right. series. Right. Yeah, yeah, the series. Yeah, 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 So um, but so she brought you around. Okay, and then you. That was for BT. That was for no. That was all. Yeah. That was me hustling, doing independent yeah, projects. Right? You know, trying to pitch shows to BT while I was there, right, right, and bring uh, bringing content in. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. And that was like you, so. That's when you started in the industry. Was it BT? Nah, I started off. Um, you know, Father MC. That's my older brother. That's right, right. Yeah, right. Timothy Brown. Treat them like yeah, yeah. They wanna be. I do for you. Treat them like they wanna be treated. Yeah. Everything's gonna be all right. One of the first out of Far Rockaway. Far Rockaway Queens. Well. well uh, uh, MC Search. I never, I never seen Search before, but right. um, yeah, I, I was told he was from from Far Rockaway as well. He yeah, probably on the other side. Yeah, the other side. He definitely wasn't. He wasn't far, in far right for Edgeman and Hamels. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? He might have been part of Rockaway, but Rockaway, not Far Rockaway. Far Rockaway you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, so yeah, Father yeah. MC is actually the first from Far Rockaway that we. Yeah, did. absolutely, right. brother. So, and you worked with your, your brother? Did you? Do yeah, that? I was a roadie, man. I was on the road traveling with him, man. And you know, for the people who don't know, I was carrying coffins. And you know the coffins is the, with the twelve hundred uh, turntables, oh, yeah, 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 those yeah, big yeah. coffins. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, that's right. before dat tapes and yeah. serratos and all that other stuff. Way before, way that. before <laughs> that, man. And um, I was a roadie for Father. Pac was a roadie for Digital Underground. Right. Treach was a roadie for Latifah. So that was my first opportunity to travel the world. You know, I've in the studios with Herbie Lovebug, uh, Chub Rock. Should have made a group. You know what I'm saying? Father and seeing Treach. Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah. But father older than me, you know what I'm saying? I'd have yeah. been like, I wouldn't really look yeah. right. But yeah. you know, my first, actually, my first tour is with Candyman Troop High Five. Um, yeah. Salt and Pepper. Yeah, High Five was from Texas, you know right. what I'm saying? Um, I was actually on the road when. Uh, oh, yeah, so for real, heavy deal. Yeah, yeah, right, but right. that was later on. Right, right. Uh, I was actually on the road when uh, Trouble T Roy passed away, when he. Yeah, wow, the, yeah. The, the, the um, wow. unfortunate accident he yeah, had. Dancing, yeah, right? Yeah, so. Um, 
fell off stage. So um, yeah, we've uh, I've been doing this for quite a while, brother. Like you know. You know why I love to sell a ton of drugs in Harlem, Bumpy? It's not because of the money. What? Because every miserable street junkie, every skinny kid who goes to bed hungry because his mama is looking for a fix. Every nigger baby born with a habit makes me happy. Makes my heart sing. Because I want your people to suffer like me and my wife have been suffering. How'd you get into the whole, you know, doing movies, bro, doing this big series? Like I was, um, I was always into television and film. That was kind of like what saved my life. Because if anybody knows uh, about Far Rockaway, it's not the, uh, a vacation spot to grow up in. It sure ain't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's the last stop on the A. We call the six borough. We don't even consider ourselves part of Queens. You know right. what I'm saying? Or Brooklyn. No, or, or Brooklyn. We're just like, like far, yourself, we're just far like, Rockaway. Far, and, um, far away. Yeah. So when my brother got his deal with um, Andre Harrell and to Uptown MCA Records, mm -hmm. um, that was an outlet for me to travel and get out of Far Rockaway and see there was a bigger culture out right. there. And um, I was always into movies and television, so I would lock myself in a room to kind of drown out like gunshots and trying to keep myself out of the street because yeah. I was a knucklehead. You know, yeah. I was in DFY, you know, Lincoln Hall and all these yeah. crazy Division of Youth facilities, Spofford, yeah. and you know, I just didn't want to go down that path. Right, right, and right. Um, watching movies is what kept me being creative. Mm -hmm. And so you just like come up with crazy ideas or something like. I wasn't like or, even coming up with ideas. It was just like I, I I like movies like Once Upon a Time in America. Okay, okay. Um, or, or Raging Bull, or on these main streets or on the waterfront. But did you know that you will someday be like oh, I'm gonna do? Like, I didn't know what I, I. To be honest with you, I just you were want, doing acting. Before. Yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to be creative, man. I just wanted to be around creative individuals and be able to tell dope narratives. Right. You know, I couldn't tell where God was going to, what path he was going to lead me down. But I just knew that I didn't want to be caught up in the structure of corporate America. Right, right. Of, you know, working at 9 to 5 and 12.30, your boss is like, yo, you're supposed to be back in your, your, your cubicle. Yeah, yeah, it's 12.45, yeah. where you at? You know what I'm saying? Have you know what I'm saying? Two and a half hour lunch <laughs> or, or 5 o'clock, you, you regret. You got to get up and do it all again. Oh, Sunday, mo thing, Sunday morning, Sunday morning. Yeah. You're supposed to be happy to wake up on a Sunday. You're like, God damn, it's 7 o'clock. I got to get ready for work <laughs> on Monday. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't want to get caught up in that, that, that hamster wheel. I just right. wanted to... It's not for everybody. It's, it's not, not for, for everybody. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to be creative. You know, I didn't want to be... 70, 70 years old, goddamn 70 years old, when I can now go to IHOP and get pancakes off half price. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and now Something I can bake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, know you, I need to go with you. <laughs> I didn't get my AARP. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know, I just, wanted, I just wanted to do something different, man. I didn't want to enjoy my life at the end of your life, you know right, what I'm saying? That's right. not living nah, in it, you nah, know what I'm yeah, saying? You're not living in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but, okay, so now you're growing up in Far Rockaway, and you you sort of actually, you know, you know, the hood. But yeah. then you do Godfather Harlem. Like, yeah. how, what made you, you know, from Queens, Far Rockaway, well, to a story that's somebody in Harlem? That's almost about, you know, I grew up in Harlem, 128th and St. Nicholas. And, you know, my grandfather was, you know, born in Harlem Hospital, um, migrated from the South. But um, I used to come up to Lennox Terrace, Right. Like every Sunday, this was like in late '90s, early 2000, right? And uh, there was a young lady I used to come visit all the time, who I was introduced to, uh -huh. and she took me under her wing as her godson. Her name is Margaret Johnson. Mm -hmm. 
And Margaret used to tell me these magical stories about Harlem and their heyday in the 60s. That's Alex, uh, uh, Margaret Johnson plays Bumpy's granddaughter. Granddaughter. What she play? It, she, Demi she Singleton is. Is, plays Margaret Johnson. Right. Margaret Johnson is, is. Uh, Bumpy Johnson's oh, granddaughter. She, she, she passed, passed away. Right? Yeah, yeah, December the 16th. And um, last year, three okay. years ago, three years ago. Okay, okay, okay. and um, I she used to tell me these magical stories about walking down the street and you could hear Sam Cooke, uh, voice coming out of transistor radio, fresh laundry hanging out a window yeah. in Harlem in the 60s, and James Brown name on the marquee on 125th Street, or Nat King Cole getting the shape up, Red Fox cursing people out. Red Fox was, was a stick up kid, right. people don't understand that. Red yeah. Fox, yeah. Sanford and Son, yeah. Esther was yeah. a sticker yeah. kid. You know what I'm wow. saying? You know, it's like a funny it's, guy that was a sticker yeah, kid. He was, he, you know, and she yeah. used to tell me these magical stories. Yeah. And she also used to mention to me about her, her grandfather, who raised her like that was his daughter, but that was his granddaughter. Right. His, his name was Ellsworth Raymond Johnson, right. and um, Bumpy Johnson, right. who Forrest Forrest Whitaker portrays Bumpy Johnson in The Godfather of Harlem, and how he migrated from South Carolina, from Charleston, South Carolina. He was a Geechee, right. and he came up here. And he wanted the American dream like anybody else. He wanted to become an attorney. Right. The bursar said they didn't give out financial aid to color folks. So he said, you know, I'm going to make you regret that. And he took what was given to him and created his own American dream mm -hmm. by any means necessary. So I made her a promise that I would go out there and facilitate that story. Right. Not the story you saw in American Gangster, because oh. Bumpy didn't die in front of 30 RCA TVs. Talking about uh, talking about Pepsi and right, and, right, and right. the product with, right. with Denzel. He died of congestive heart failure, right. eating uh, chicken and grits. You mm -hmm. feel what I'm saying? And you Hoodlum, know, actually, Hoodlum also was Hoodlum uh, portrayed Bumpy, Bumpy in the early stages of his uh, of his life. Mm -hmm. It was the Harlem Renaissance era. It was the Cotton Club. It was Dutch Schultz. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Lucky Luciano. Yes. This wasn't. Post-Bumpy when he came home from Alcatraz. Okay. So she wanted the story to be told that her father wasn't just a gangster, yeah. but he was a philosopher. Right. He read Shakespeare. He read Nietzsche. He, it's rumors that he beat Bobby Fischer in chess because he was an avid chess player. Wow. He played with Malcolm X chess in, in, in his home, you know. I didn't know until watching that, uh, you know, Godfather Hall, that him and Mike, uh, Malcolm were close like that. Yeah. Uh, from the stories that were told to me from uh, Margaret, Malcolm used to come over every Sunday. And now uh, Bumpy didn't have everybody in his apartment. Right. You know, but Malcolm was one of those that were invited and they would play chess. They would talk about politics. They would talk about, you know, the, their worldviews and certain right. things. That was yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And then I uh, see Adam uh, Clayton Powell. Uh, I didn't know that. All that. That's like, they were cool. Powell, now I tell, Malcolm, yeah, I tell people like Bumpy. when you when you see this, remember this is not a documentary, right. so you're not going to get straight up hardcore facts. Right, it's going right, to be right, a lot right, of Hollywood right. embellishment. Of course, of course, of course. But if I can spark the brain that makes them go to the laptop and type in Wikipedia research, yeah. and do research, then I've done my job. Right, right. You and know, that's what I did. That's yeah, what I did exactly. So now I feel that I, I feel that. I've educated you where you can say, yo, I want to know more about Adam Clayton Powell. Yeah, yeah. I want to know more about Muhammad Ali or yeah. uh, Cassius Clay before he became yeah, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Because right. there's a big disclaimer that says this is loosely based on true events. Right. Some right. of it is factual. Some of it is not factual. Right. It's creative minds. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Yeah, we need a score, fellas. Our supplies about to run out. Yeah, what, what are we going to do, Bump? I'm not lazy. But Nano may not want a war, but maybe I do. All right. So when you did that, how now? 
Was your first pick Forrest Whitaker? Like, what was your draft pick? Like, how did that happen? Um, Forrest, Forrest Whitaker, the relationship. Well, I'll tell you what happened was, you know, my partner, uh, Jim Atchison, he called me one night and he said, how would you feel about Forrest Whitaker playing Bumpy? After I pitched the story to him. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Jim is a white boy from Boston. And I said, do you know about Bumpy? He said, of course I know about Bumpy. Even though I'm a white boy from Boston, I know about Bumpy. You know what I'm right. saying? I've, you know, I'm a mob aficionado. And, and I was like, well, I think this story needs to be told. So he called me like two, three nights after meeting him. It's like, how would I feel about Forrest playing Bumpy? Mm. I said, yeah, whatever. Hung up the phone. I'm like, yeah, nigga, whatever, man. Whatever. He calls me back. He said, no, Forrest is about to spend the night at my house. Yeah, whatever. And I hung the phone back up again. And then he said, and he started laughing. He was like, no, you know, actually, Forrest is part of my family. Because they, you know, his wife works with Forrest. So uh, Joanne, who's my big sister, was like, I think Forrest would be the perfect person. But Forrest didn't attach himself as a... uh, uh, an actor, he attached himself as a producer. Oh, at first. At first, first, because he wanted to make sure that the script was even worthy of him challenging his yeah. his, his mind yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and engaging in his palette to right. play Bumpy. Right, right. And then we found, you know, a couple of writers that were interested. They submitted a few spec scripts, but it wasn't just the right connection. Right. And one day, to be honest with you, I was just in the house going through IDM, IMDb Pro, uh, just seeing who of my favorite mob movies and my favorite writers, and I came across Chris Brancato. Mm. Chris, he, what, Chris what Brancato he, created Hoodlum. Hoodlum. <laughs> and he created Narcos. Okay, okay, dope. And so okay. I called my, 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 my producing partner, Jim, and Jim was like, yeah, I know Chris. He lives right across the street. He comes over to my house every Sunday for Italian dinner. And the stars just started aligning like and aligning. That. Yep, absolutely. Wow. And, then for, and then for us... Down and says he wanted to play well, actually, you know, it took Forrest a while. He was interested. He thought the project was uh, interesting. You know, I met with him. He was like, yeah, it's an interesting project, but everybody has projects. Yeah. So let me see what you can do to enhance the project. Right. Chris committed. I got a deal with ABC Disney. ABC was the, a big factor behind us. Right. And they said, you know what? We're going to give you the, the creative space to write about this project. Chris came up with the idea, like, let's talk about Bumpy 1963 when... African-Americans, this was the most terminalist time for us in history. Right. And I was like, wow, let's tell it from that factor. Yeah. I, did a, I did a lot of research in the Schomburg Museum on Adam Clayton Powell, on Bumpy Johnson, on uh, Lucky Luciano, on, on Vinny the Chin. And I, I, I built a, uh, a, a whole network of, uh, of uh, research with, with a friend of mine, Tony Gentry, put into a Google Doc. And I was able to put it in the writer's room so the writers could get started and with writing from the, re- from the information I had. You know, I spent time going through microfilm hours and hours yeah. and hours of research in the Chandra Museum. Because that's, that time, uh, and I see because they, they uh, actually had, like, you know, Kennedy being assassinated. Did, did they do the Martin assassination? Or somebody else got no, assassinated. Martin Luther King uh, got assassinated uh, later on well, in later life on. So in, in 68. On, they didn't show that yet. On, on no, the because the first, the first the season first is 1963. Right. So every season is a year. Okay. So second okay. season will be 64, is, third will be 65, okay. 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 fourth will be 66, yeah, yeah, yeah. 67, 68. Right, right. So Bumpy passes away, passes away in 1968. Right. Yep. The families want peace. If they find out you're involved, you're going to have all of them on your ass. Fuck them. Fuck them. If you only knew the shit that they make me put up with. Is this about Guapo? Fuck Guapo. It's not about fucking Guapo. 
It's about getting these motherfucking guineas to kill each other off. This is our war of independence. Only they're gonna do all the fighting. I'm watching and I'm like, oh, this is like, it's showing you so much history of the JFK movement and you know, just the civil rights movement. The, the march, it was, oh, that's what I meant. Civil rights march, march, yes. Right? It, it, march, march in Washington, yes. It wasn't my uh, march pass, it was a march that I watched. And I'm like, it's giving me mad history yeah. behind it. So if something that you didn't know, like you said, you could go back Absolutely. and Google it and know that. I, 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 know. Call it, I call it edutainment. You're mm -hmm. educating but entertaining at the same, same time. time. I mean, because to tell great stories, you have to embellish in a way to keep the audience activated. Like once I right. said, this is not a documentary. This is a scripted series. Right. So you, you're going to add that flavor. Right. You know what I mean? It's like right. cooking chicken. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you gotta put Your mom, you got to put a little, little seasoning to it. You can't just do salt and pepper right. and that's right. it. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why KFC time. chicken might taste better than Popeye's chicken. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. I get it. So, okay. So now you do this. How's the, the, uh, how's the, uh, I want to say, you know, how's the, are you being like the receptive, you know, from everybody in the production? It's it's amazing the uh, response of Godfather of Harlem. Right. We're the highest rated show on Epics right now. I think our viewership was like the average was a half a million. Our viewership is two point five million, um, and it's coming from a a, a fairly. Uh, brand new network that's been out, I think, since '09. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they have great programming, right. but just like HBO, there had to be a, a show that got people the awareness to watch HBO, yeah, and that right. was The Sopranos, right, correct? Right, right, right. And um, we are so happy to be in a place that looks at us as being special. And um, the response from the audience, I'm you know, on my social media, which I only got like. 3,000 followers, you right. know, but everybody that I get responses from, they love it. They, they love, love it. the show. We talked about, they have forums, they got yeah. Godfather of Harlem watch parties, and, you <laughs> know, and I, I get on Facebook and I troll and I see people arguing, you know, Adam Clayton Powell ain't do that. Yeah. They make it Adam Clayton Powell look like a goddamn pimp, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah I, I get that too. Yeah, like, but I'm so. saying, Adam Clayton Powell was a politician, right. and this is what actually happened. If you do your research... Congress was upset because he was flying women in and out. Right, right, you know right, what I mean? Right, so right. we're not making this up. This is real, this is yeah, real historical. He loves women. He loves this is women. This, right. this is real historical stuff. Right, right. You know, Adam Clayton Powell's son came to our um, premiere. Yeah. Malcolm X's nephews and his daughter came to um uh, to, to the set as well as to our premiere. You know wow. what I'm saying? If they're not complaining, what do you like? You know what I'm saying? This is this is. But this is stories. Trolls. These are the, the trolls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I tell people, well, if you got a good story, go get it done then. Right. Whatever. Good luck. Go get it done. Go, go see if you could make a show. Like, it you know what I'm saying? It took you 18 years. It took me 18, 18 years, years, brother. 18 yeah, years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yep. 18, 18 year years. Grind. 18 years. Speaking of Malcolm X, the guy playing Malcolm X, dope. Oh, man. That's my, that's my guy, Nigel Thatch. All right. And I'll tell you a, a, a crazy story because I fought for him to play Malcolm. Yeah. Casting was giving me a little bit of pushback on it, but I fought for him because I'm an actor myself, and I think everybody needs to get an opportunity, mm -hmm. and I felt that he would be the one that can do it, and he can tell you that. You can ask Chris Brancato that. Right. Um, so I was standing outside the ABC studios. It must have been like 90 degrees. Yeah. It must have been like June or July. It was hot as hell, right? And I seen uh, Nigel pull up in a yellow cab, got out, black overcoat, black suit, black tie, black hat, Glasses. He embodied Malcolm X. Yeah, the, the, the same even, glasses. Even though, and, and this is his casting audition. Yeah, yeah. Even though it was so hot outside, 
yeah. he became that character. And, Mal uh, and and Nigel is quick to say, I don't play Malcolm, I work Malcolm. Mm. So, wow. you know, he says, I work Malcolm. I'm, yeah, I'm the one that works Malcolm. I love a job, bro. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, he wanted to make sure everything from the cleft of his chin to the color of his hair, it was yeah. the right reddish color. Yeah. It was... Yeah, he walked around on set with Malcolm X speeches in his ear. Yeah. And then we have an amazing historian by the name of James Small. Yeah. Now, James Small has these, uh, these, uh, uh, this content called Hidden Colors on uh, YouTube that okay. you can catch. He talks about the African-American right, experience. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he became Malcolm's sister's bodyguard after Malcolm got assassinated. So I made sure that we had the authenticity right, right of how to right. portray the right. Muslim nation, yeah. the fruit of Islam, yeah. coming from an older... Yeah. Elder, such as James Small, that and he was, was in there. That, that was, was there, there, and he was constantly around Nigel, making yeah. sure that he portrayed Malcolm in, a, in 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 as right of a character as he can. As he can. Yep. And I'm sure you hear the the, the whispers. Who's gonna who's playing the bad? Is he? What does But you know what? It's kind of like unfair. It's like kind of asking who played the Joker better, right? right Heath right. Ledger or or, or Joaquin? Joaquin, right, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it, it's 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 there's no comparison because. Denzel, you knew who Denzel was from Glory, from all yeah. these other. I Denzel, both of them. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? See, the thing about it, Nigel plays pre-Malcolm, right? Before he goes to Mecca, right? You feel what I'm right. saying? And then he goes into post-Malcolm. You know what I mean? Right, right. They're both great. They're both great actors. I just, I just feel that Nigel embodied what he could. And plus, Nigel is painted from a TV, a TV perspective where it's. People get to grasp his character and get to see how authentic he is, and not least they watch him grow. Right. You only can watch uh, Denzel grow in what an uh, 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 two hours, two hours and a half. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, they, but you're watching him every day grow as Malcolm, Malcolm where right. Denzel was forced onto you for two hours. Right. right. So, what's what's next now? Because the season's done. Season uh, season one is done. Season one is done. Yeah. We're uh, waiting, you know, with the film gods, the TV gods, for the announcement for season two. Yeah. Um, you know, in this, in, in, this, in this business, you got to learn how to manage your expectations. We're in a great space. I put it like that. We're in a great space. Um, um, I have a few different projects that I'm excited about. They didn't clean like season two yet? No, we're in a great space. <laughs> we're in a great space. <laughs> it's just going to be like that. No, you know why? Because I can't, I can't if, it, if it hasn't been in the trades, right. in the, Holly, the Hollywood Reporter, I don't want to lie to you and say, then you're like, oh, what happened? Yeah, right, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Well, we're in a great space. Yeah. Everybody's talking positive about yeah, it's not like it coming back. It's a rapper. Yeah, no, shit, they, they talk because it's, you're talking about a show that's at least $100 million. Yeah. You know, and, you know, from the marketing aspect of it to the production aspect of it to get the, the authentic cars, make sure the music and everything is right. So this is a, a real production. So you just. It's a very expensive production. Does, yeah. that, does that, like, does that eat up everything? Because I'm going to ask for the people that yeah. want to know Hollywood. So yeah. I'm looking at them, watching them, like, oh, they have everything to the stereo. So they walk into the penthouse, the furniture, everything. Yeah. You know, even look like you switch up the building. Like, yeah. yeah. The whole, yeah. The whole look. Is like, Period pieces always cost a lot of money because mm -hmm. you want to make sure the the authenticity is 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 correct mm -hmm. from the cars. So when are you going to how, how much time are you going to shoot interiors or exteriors? Maybe thirty percent exteriors. And the rest is seventy percent interiors. It just depends, you know. You're actually reading, uh, you're, you're you're reading a script that a writer wrote, and you have to be able to deliver what the writer wrote. So if a writer talks about dragons and and, and uh, flying dragons and spaceships, 
Have you oh, you got to figure it out somehow. Was so, it shot in Harlem? Was it? It was shot in Harlem. All of it? Like, uh, it was the majority of it was. It was about seventy percent in Harlem, thirty uh, percent on uh, on stage. Okay, so the the Lennox Terrace. Yeah, building yeah. Actually, just changed the front. You guys just changed the front. The, what happened was, you know, uh, we couldn't. We weren't allowed to use Lennox Terrace. But Espinal Gardens allowed us to use it, so, so we just changed. We just yeah, the magic of state, the magic oh, okay. of set dressing. Okay, yep. Okay, okay. very interesting. I want to get to you about something else, you know, off topic. Let's talk um, because I know I, I know I can speak to you about. Yeah, music yeah, yeah. Let's let's, let's, like, do let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into music. it. Let's get to what's happening now, bro. Uh, Eminem and uh, Nick Cannon and going at it. Yeah. You know, M got on the uh, Fat Joe's album and some said some slick stuff about you know. Yeah. With Nick and Mariah, of course. Dug it back up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seems yeah. like another episode three, the trilogy of Eminem and Nick Cannon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who are you looking at to uh, actually? I like. I, 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 I look, you know, I just had a conversation with my boy uh, uh, Jigsaw, right? Mm-hmm. At all hip hop, and um, I, I, I think, I think Nick Cannon, man, you better watch who, like who you going up against, and. Right. I mean, I respect Nick, but very good, it's, very, it's, very, it's, very it's, entertainer. It's, it's it's a great entertainer, but yo, bro, that's like me going in the ring with Deontay Wilder, like you know what right, I'm saying? Right. Like <laughs> I would be running around, all right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, are you serious? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that's your baby mama, but are y'all still together? Like, right. like I'm like, oh, you, you just tied your boots, get ready to go. And and Nick is not no sucker. He's from, I think he's from Oakland. Nah, you know he's, he's not no, he's not a punk. He, he's not, not a punk. But, but he's not. He's also not that dude to go fight and everything. He's not that. He's right now. He's Man, in space. Eminem. Eminem is from the Eight Mile Three One Three. He, he lived in <laughs> trailers all his goddamn life. <laughs> you know, he, he, he went on drugs, got off of drugs, came back on drugs. You That's know what I'm saying? Life, though, though. You, you know, know he didn't give a fuck about killing his. Baby mother throwing her in the water, you know, wasn't scared to go to Southside and get 50 or run around with yeah, game yeah, and all them yeah, dudes, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, you know, like, Emma's a different beast, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And he could really rap. Now, Nick, yeah. to me, he's like, you look great entertainer, yeah. you know, great, you know, good Nick's artist. a great businessman. Great businessman. He's a great businessman. You're funny business I like watching the stand-ups, but he's a great business I man. think that right there, you should have kept it to wilding out, Yeah, and that's it, have a couple of jokes. And well, somebody gonna be wilding out. In real life, but he invited him to the. Uh, he invited him to Wildin' Out. Oh, M- he invited M to Wildin' Out. As long as it's kept like that, because yeah, yeah. because I heard that they wanted to slap box or river dance together or some crazy uh, shit or do some he, other. Even if he gets him on the uh, Wildin' Out to 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 wild out and rap, yeah. Emma's gonna destroy him. Oh that. yeah, man, man. So, so if you want to, yeah. of course, if you want to keep a you know clean up, it's good. I, I like that. Whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But as far as you mess with M, yeah, man. I don't know, brother, man. Uh, that's like comparing a Big Mac to a Wendy's double Wendy's. cheeseburger, <laughs> man. A white, white Castle. <laughs> that's it. I'm not a White Castle. You know what I'm saying? Chicken rings or some yeah, shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I know. I know you, you said you're working on another project. And, yep. And, and I know that you told me something. Yeah. About I'm working with um Lorima Davis. Um, Larry Davis's daughter has allowed me to partner with her in the estate, which is uh. I'm looking forward to it, man. And so let's let's let's, let's, let's uh, for the people that don't know who Larry Davis is. Larry, Larry Davis was a uh, from the Bronx, right? Yeah, oh, Larry Davis is from the Bronx. In 1989, he's well known that the, uh, a precinct of cops came to his house yeah. and tried to kill the nigga. Tried to, try to kill the nigga. Tried to assassinate him. He was you know what I'm saying? Like and he wasn't going out like that. Right. He said, "I was supposed to be black. Black boy killed on page 12." 
But I came, I became black boy who refused to die on yeah. page one. Did he? Did any old cops get shot? Yeah, they got shot. Right there, they yeah. all went to the hospital, yeah. like licking their wounds. Yeah. And when when they did blood work, they found out they had alcohol in their blood. Yeah. They had coke traces yeah. of cocaine okay. in their blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, they basically forced forced this young cat to sell drugs at the early age of 14 and 15. And when he decided he didn't want to sell drugs anymore, they were like, nah, you in it for life. Because right. they were scared that he would go and, 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 and tell him. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So the story is just an amazing, it's a New York story. Larry wanted to become a music producer. He produced for a lot of people yeah. in the Bronx at the time. You know what I'm saying? He just got caught up with the environment that he lived with. And Larima and... Uh, and, and, and he died in jail. Yeah, he died, yeah, he in, died in jail. He got, he got killed in jail. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of. I think was I, I believe it was either Shawanga or Wendy, the Wendy facility. He got killed in jail. I don't know what he got he got stabbed in yeah. jail a couple of and years ago. That was ago. some funny business behind it. Absolutely. So you actually doing the story? I'm actually I'm absolutely doing it with the estate. There's a lot of people saying they're doing this, they're doing that. I'm doing it with the family, wow. and that's the only way I would do a story if the family gave me the the uh, green light and the authenticity to get it done. So and you have that. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Who you want to work with with this? Because uh, I got some people I'm talking to right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah I got yeah. some people. Maybe closer to home than you know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I will say anything. <laughs> Yo, Mark Hall, man, I appreciate you. Thank man. you, brother. I appreciate you. No, man. man. Man, this is too short, man. I know, man. I know, man. Yeah, my I'm having fun, man. man. But I love it, man. We yeah. gotta do it again. Hey, yeah, let's do it, man. This is a, this, yo, listen. Yeah. Godfather Harlem's got another couple more seasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's gonna come back as the fur gonna be a little thicker. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. This, this is a little raccoon right now, and I'm next time it's gonna be like a a, a snow panther. You know, well, I'm gonna stick with my squirrel over there, man. Thanks, yeah. man. I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate it, baby. Thank you, brother.